So looking broadly at this package of bills, it looks like they're intended to help ease prison overcrowding. I'm wondering if to start out, you could kind of help us understand the general issue here. Certainly. So Wisconsin incarcerates at a higher rate than many of our Midwestern neighbors with comparable demographics. And although we had had sort of a, a, a plateauing of our prison population after the, the new millennium, we have once again begun to slowly tick upward. And so um, it's now been over a year since we hit a historic high in terms of the number of people who are incarcerated in Wisconsin. This week, there were t- over 23,000 individuals serving time in Wisconsin prisons, which is a really significant number. And then uh, we have about six. 66,500 more who are being supervised by the Department of Corrections in the community. So this is an issue that affects the lives of people throughout the state, and it also, of course, has budgetary implications as well. Of course. Now, I understand that you saw some earlier versions of these bills, uh, although we do not have the current text in front of us right now. I'm wondering if we could kind of briefly outline generally what these bills do, what their uh, kind of target is at this point. Sure, and I, I haven't seen everything um, that's been issued by the legislature. Obviously, these are, are new drafts of bills, but we certainly know the content and the subjects of what the legislature is trying to do here. And I think the hope is to approach uh, incarceration and reducing the number of people who are in prisons through a number of different channels. So one way to do that is to try to reduce, ironically maybe or counterintuitively, the number of people who are being supervised in the community who are are at risk of being returned or placed in jails um, or prisons around the state. And so one approach would be to provide programming for those individuals and then to reward successful program participation by allowing people um, to be credited for the time that they've spent in those programs if they are later revoked from supervision. Other ways, look at folks in the prison population who have served time and for special um, reasons might be good candidates for release. So I know, for example, that there's an increased focus being suggested on the elderly population, uh, individuals who are uh, who have often served a significant portion of their sentence and who may be facing some significant um, medical and other physical challenges that are very costly to treat in a prison setting and that also in many cases uh, reduce the risk that those individuals are likely to cause harm were they to be returned to their communities. So just to be clear, does this legislation apply generally to all individuals who are currently incarcerated or on probation, or is it a little more limited in scope? These would be provisions that would apply to individuals convicted of nonviolent offenses. My guess is that there are other restrictions as well on um, the individuals who would be eligible. Um, Very frequently in our current legislation in the state of Wisconsin, we make early release um, available to individuals who have committed less serious crimes, so less serious categories of felony offenses. Sometimes we limit it to people who have already served certain portions of their sentences. There are all sorts of ways to sort of 
shrink the group of people under consideration. I think that's one of the reasons why this package of bills has been styled as a first step toward reform. The fact is that in order to have a significant reduction in the size of our prison population, we would have to consider individuals who've been convicted of violent offenses because they make up a substantial portion of our prison populations. And many of them are not at particularly high risk of actually reoffending in any kind of violent way. Many violent crimes are anomalous. That doesn't mean that they're not serious, but it means that if we were to make big changes in our prison population size, we would have to consider how to address those individuals as well. I think as a first step, the idea is that we should begin by looking at individuals who maybe don't need the kind of security and supervision or even the amount of punishment that prison affords and to consider whether there are ways to get those individuals back into the community and successfully reintegrated. And I believe these bills are designed to be a first step toward that goal. So no Republican lawmakers were authors of these bills, but it sounds like that the package was at least initially crafted in collaboration with several Republicans. Now, the Republicans did release their own package of tougher-on-crime bills last week, so I'm wondering if we could talk about how these two compare. I think criminal justice is one of those areas where uh, you get really interesting um, agreement across the aisle and some deep-seated disagreements about certain aspects of how we ought to respond to criminal behavior. And so what we've seen in the last few weeks is a flurry of a couple of bill packages, but I think if we zoomed out and looked in recent years, we'd see um, a more complicated picture emerge, which is that Republicans have uh, proposed some reform bills that are designed to decrease prison populations and also that are intended to help people who are coming out of prison as they begin to reintegrate. Democrats have done some of the same kind of work, often with different emphases in the bills that they've proposed. And then more recently, we've seen a few bills proposed again, just I believe last week, that are by Republican authors looking to enhance some criminal penalties. And along the way, there have been bills here, there, and everywhere adding new crimes to uh, the criminal justice code and then changing penalties in various directions. So I think that there isn't really one trajectory for criminal justice reform. There are a lot of impulses and concerns. We want to not incarcerate any more people than need to be incarcerated. We also want to make sure that there's accountability for criminal behavior. And people differ um, in terms of how much punishment they think is the right amount of punishment and to what degree they think it's safe and appropriate to reduce some of the penalties that have gotten larger and larger over the course of the last three decades. As we wrap up, these were again presented as just a first step in addressing criminal justice reform. We're talking about the Democrats package right here. Have lawmakers identified other issues that might be addressed in the near future or is there any area of concern you would like to see addressed? I think there are lots of opportunities to do good work in this area. Some of them are directly focused on prison, and some of them are looking at the larger picture of criminal justice. So um, there have been bipartisan efforts, for example, to increase the number of lawyers we have working in the system, both as prosecutors and to increase pay for our public defenders to ensure justice for everyone in the system. Those are incredibly important. There's been a lot of really good bipartisan work done on juvenile justice reform, paying attention to youth who become entangled in the criminal justice system and trying to improve outcomes for those young people. Uh, And then I think that there is continued work that we need to do in terms of making sure that people who are involved in the criminal justice system, whether they're in the community or prisons, are receiving appropriate interventions 
and support to tackle some of the underlying problems that have led them to be involved in criminal behavior. And then also that we help folks who are leaving the prison system, who've served their sentences, who've done their time, but who are going to need some help in figuring out how to successfully reintegrate into their home communities. We've been speaking with Cecilia Klingel, Associate Professor of Law at UW-Madison, about proposed criminal justice reform legislation here in Wisconsin. Professor Klingel, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. My pleasure. Thank you.